Hello everyone, welcome. Today we talk about China with Heidi, one of my former students. So hello, I'm Heidi. I studied in Sciences Po and I'm originally from China. In Shanghai, there's one sentence that really caught my eye and has been like shaking my heart ever since. So there was actually a like a of official like checking on a certain resident saying that oh you need to um act according to our instructions otherwise your descendants your children would bear the consequences and that young man he replied yes thank you uh, we are the last generation the last generation quite the statement but not overblown in 2015 the chinese government finally realized that their problem is not having too many kids but not having enough they abolished the one child policy as a result birth went back up a bit 18 million births in 2016 how many in 2022 only 6 years later 9 and a half from 18 to 9 and a half almost minus 50% in 6 years that has to be a world record in a panic the government authorized families with 3 children in 2021 nobody cared in china nobody's planning for 3 kids anymore The general de Gaulle said of China that it is older than history. And in our collective mind, we have this image of China as an ancient giant, a tectonic plate whose moves are at the same time almost impossible to register and earth-shattering. I believe that our collective mind is deeply mistaken. China is no tectonic plate. It's a comet, it's a shooting star. Hi My name is David Duhamel. I'm a professor of economics at Parsons Paris and an adjunct professor at Sciences Po Paris. I tell stories of the world we're living in and even more about the world to come. A childless world. In humankind's history, China was almost always the first power and the most populated country. In the eyes of Chinese leaders, western domination is an anomaly whose time is up. This must be one of the biggest questions of the 21st century, right? Will it be the Chinese century? Today, Chinese power is undeniable. It's the first industrial and exporting power, is the second largest economy in the world and may soon be the first. Rising China is there for all to see. And it all happened so fast. In 1960, Mao's communist China was dirt poor. Its economy was the same size as the Dutch economy. Today it is 18 times bigger, and the Dutch are no slouch. This is Chinese growth, and demography has accounted for about a third of this growth. Indeed, China has benefited from what is called the demographic dividend. The demographic dividend is when most of the population is of working age, and above all, the weight of the elderly is very low. Armed with a gigantic workforce, China found ways to employ it, becoming the world's factory. Well done. But those days are over. Chinese population is getting older. It is already older than the US one. In 2022, the median Chinese age is 39 years old against 38 and a half in America. The demographic dividend is over. According to the UN, Chinese fertility is down to 1.1, which is very low, lower than Japan for instance, 
but also amazingly low for a country that is not rich yet. In 2022, for the first time in ages, the Chinese population decreased, minus 800,000 people. And in 2023, India will become the most populous country in the world. Quite the symbols for China. Not first anymore and declining. When you think of China, you think of 1.4 billion people, an industrious crowd, a multitude. But forecasts predict 700 million Chinese in the end of the century, half as many. The same forecasts tell us that France, the UK or the US will remain more or less at the same levels. It is said that right now, China's empty cities and buildings could host 90 million people. Picture the landscape when you subtract 700 million people from China. Chinese decline is already written in its demography. So why don't Chinese women have more children? For the same reasons that burden their Korean and Japanese sisters. Back to Heidi. Um, I would say that personally I'm not very positive with um, the possibility if um, I would like to have children. For me, it's like seeing how um, being, a, being a mother as a woman in China has been a very like difficult, I would say even a burden as this like so much societal expectations and there's also this kind of limited uh, limited life opportunities as well that is associated to it. Well, now I'd say being in Europe, um, I would say that um, it's a completely different social environment. Of course, it depends on different countries, but it is not like where in China we grow, we grew up with certain expectations. So oh, in certain age, we'll get married. And then once we get married, it seems that we are expected to have children immediately. Chinese authorities are completely overwhelmed by the speed and extent of the demographic crisis. Minus 50% of birth in six years. They throw the kitchen sink at the wall and see what sticks. Sometimes they weaken constraints on families. The educational competition is such that parents spend fortunes on their only child, making a second kid unaffordable. So to limit educational costs, the government prohibits after-school private courses. Other times, authorities think that it is by confining women to a more traditional role that they will rekindle their desire for children. Good luck with that strategy. For example, by refusing social assistance to unmarried mothers, or pressuring the press not to tell stories about independent women, or to avoid talking about the Dinks lifestyle. Remember Dinks, double income, no kids. Some regions offer endless maternity leave, sometimes up to more than a year. The intent may be laudable, but it turns against women because companies are reluctant to hire potential future mothers. And would-be mothers themselves know that spending a year at home will undermine their careers. Of course, there's no paternity leave. Mothers are told to raise their children as if they were widows. Heidi has a nice story about this. It's a very, um, it's actually a very special case. So um, it's kind of like a personal story, but I don't mind sharing it. So when I was born, it was um, the era of uh, single child policy. So like each couple could only have one child. But my dad, he's a very traditional Chinese man. So because uh, he thought that oh, as um, his duty being a man, he had to produce a son for his family to carry on the family blood. 
so in the end like so yeah because i was born as a girl like he wasn't very happy and so my parents divorced when i was quite young so he got married and had another child again so it was only possible for him in that time but actually i had another sister so yeah he could be he couldn't be more like um, despaired have to say so yeah other times public authorities try restricting abortion for non-medical reasons when it comes to gender equality china suffers from the classic problems found elsewhere in asia mao may have said women are the other half of the sky in china the history of discrimination against women goes back to the country's origin in ancient chinese language for example uh, when women are like mentioned in history books and so on it's usually like they don't really have a name so they are they are always referred to as their family name from their father or either their husband and then there are the missing women up to 50 million women are missing in china how is this possible there is an old chinese proverb that says to have a daughter is to water the neighbor's garden the thinking goes like this when she grows up she will get married which implies an expensive dowry for you to pay and then she will leave you for her husband's family and work to support her in-laws so better to avoid having a daughter especially in times of one child policy as a result expecting chinese couples have early ultrasound analyses and if it's a girl resort massively to sex selective abortions hence unborn women there are about 130 million missing women in asia let me say that again 130 million women are missing in asia so it's not only a chinese issue this abomination is gradually being resolved but still scars chinese society deeply since the girls who were not born in the 90s and early 2000s are not around today to have children. Between 30 and 50 million unborn Chinese women, it is also as many men who mathematically will not find women. These men are called the bare branches. They will never give fruit. And they suffer from a loneliness epidemic. On a lighter note, Love coaches are flourishing and universities are offering dating classes. Like in Tianjin, where you can follow a class called Theory of Love and Dating. Funny also those cafes where women can rent the services of a butler, paid $60 an hour to listen to them. Well, funny. Mostly depressing. Japan is the first country to stop having enough children, and Korea is the one that hardly has any at all. And what is true of Japan and Korea is true of other rich countries in Asia. The dragons, Singapore, Hong Kong, Taiwan. But it's also true of less wealthy Asia. I'm thinking of Thailand, of Iran, Vietnam, Bangladesh. Even India dove below the 2.1 replacement rate for the first time ever in 2021. China will not escape Asian gravity. But by virtue of its size and power, what happens to China affects the whole planet. China's demographics is the reason why, in my opinion, the 21st century will not be the Chinese century. I said at the beginning of this podcast that China is a shooting star. And you know what happens to most shooting stars? They end up on the ground. That's the end of this episode dedicated to China. Follow me in this new childless world. Subscribe, like, 
put up some stars, it helps. If you like what you're hearing, share it with people you like. And if you don't, share it anyway with people you loathe. <laughs>